You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Black Box After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Black Box After Show. Okay. Game face. It's been a wild ride this season on ABC's Black Box. The season finale tonight. We've got a lot to cover. Joining me tonight in studio, I'm Mindy Thomas with my lovely, awesome co-host here. Hello, I'm Teresa Log. So glad to join you guys tonight. And hey, everyone, I'm Jade Howard. And we're going to break down some character arcs, get into our highlights. But first, we've got to get in this into this insanity hour of, of fear, right? Mm-hmm. And how did it start off? No other way, but Dr. Black runs in to see her psychiatrist, literally, because she was exercising, and she's refusing to go inpatient. And the signs and symptoms are all there, but she is not going for it. Teresa, what are your thoughts on the first hour of Black Box tonight? Oh, it was intense. We've seen her, you know, pretty normal throughout the 13 episodes, and this is the first time we've seen her hit this low point. Um, and I mean, it's really bad and, you know, you feel for her and it's nice to see a lot of people reach out to try to help her and get her through it. People that I didn't normally think would extend that hand did, um, you know, Reagan eventually did and, um, Dr. Mahmood. So it was nice to see them come in to support her. Yes. And there was some conflict along the way. So we're going to dive right into that. Jade, what are your immediate thoughts tonight? On the first episode, I... I think my first thoughts really were that's what she had to finally experience like you really got to see her downfall and I felt like it was such it was time for us to see her really go into like an episode where it was really intense as it was in the first episode. Yes. So not that I enjoy I I, I did enjoy actually seeing her get into this state because she's such a Kelly Riley is such an amazing actress and to see her really push the envelope and push that character to its limits I think is what makes the show so great. Right. I totally enjoyed the driving episode even though I knew I should not be <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that she stole Bigman's keys in order to do that, pull that off uh, but yeah, she she was confronted by the psychiatrist at the beginning of the show and mm-hmm. and you know at the moment you need help most, uh, Catherine says, then maybe this relationship is coming to an end. And so from there, she begins to hop, skip, and jump to uh, whoever will listen or actually pay attention. And I was quite impressed. I hope I'm surrounded Mm -hmm. by a good circle of friends that can pay attention on that level. But Mm -hmm. some people know she's bipolar. Others don't. But there's enough of a professional working relationship. And, of course, being in the cube that they deal with, the psychosis or, uh, you know, the neurology expertise so they can kind of pick up on what's actually going on. Uh, Bigman, however, he's having some PSD flashback as he's shaving and with the, another woman in the background. The nurse. Uh, the, nurse. Right. <laughs> the, the, side <laughs> the side chick, yes. 
So he cuts himself, <laughs> uh, tries the transcranial device that Leo had tried. It doesn't really seem to work on him. Uh, he's got these man of steel emotions in some ways and then other vulnerabilities. But right now he's got these unsteady hands we're not used to seeing. And he's actually afraid to go back into surgery. It's actually nice to see him lose his confidence and sort of get this mm-hmm. reality checked. I mean, we've seen him throughout this whole season just like super confident about everything in his life. And now he has to, you know, deal with getting over this post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's, I think it's humbling for him. Yeah, Joey's condition and the way that that turned out, even though it had a good uh, ending, uh, it, it just was still playing on him so severely. And then he had to talk to himself and just say, hey, and kind of get himself in check. He kind of pulled him up, pulled himself up by his bootstraps in the surgery room and, and tried to charge forward, but he didn't have Catherine there uh, in the uh, operating room or next to him showing him support of some kind. So he was... He's he's not understanding this new territory that his his heart... She did have that uh, conversation with him once she found out that he was having, you know, doubts about performing surgery. So she did talk to him. Right. That was... That's what kind of helped him through it. She was giving him like that pep talk. You can do this. You you can do this. You know, she like totally believed in him and he didn't really want to hear it. And she was a little bit slurred and not quite herself. So I wasn't sure if she was giving him the right advice about the transcranial uh, mechanism at that point. But Right, but it, it was like she was giving him advice on what he could do to be better and like pushing him to be great. But then she also like threw in the our relationship status in there as well. So I think that also threw Bickman off. Like, wait, are you trying to help me? Or are you trying to trick me into being in a relationship with you? Like, what's going on here? And she's just, like, losing her mind towards him. Right, because you know? she's so erratic. Mm-hmm. And the symptoms are just ever-increasing. She's dealing with more fears later in the show when she's alone and right. voices. and She's uh, coming across as being just a crazy woman that does not know how to let him go. And it seems as if he's dealt with this before. This is not his first rodeo and breaking a woman's heart. <laughs> You know, so I just knows it very well. Exactly. So it was interesting because he wasn't really able to receive her, I think, as genuine as she was intending to be. I don't think he could understand it. Yes, he mm-hmm. he's and she has not come clean. Remember, with him at that point about being bipolar, unlike Will did know, mm-hmm. he did not know, and yet he's the expert on it. So that was that's uh, interesting to have it watched. Just shows that. how well she hid it from everyone at work. Yeah, she is really good at keeping secrets when she wants to. And we have learned about that in the second episode. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we can't jump the gun just yet. We've only gotten maybe yeah. like well, an eighth of the way through on episode one. During her erratic behavior and needing to go inpatient, she also goes to see Reagan. And she stays with Reagan and Esme. And she scares the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is tweaking Ow! I have to say, she played those scenes so well. You see her in like the corner. She's like, okay, two steps forward. And she walks a little forward. Yeah. Paranoia. Going crazy. Like I totally, uh, Brittany Murphy, excellent actress, you know, also, Mm -hmm. she uh, reminded me of her. Mm. You know, playing something like that and getting into the intensity. And then, yeah, Reagan's like, backs up on those stairs. Wait just a second. Right. I'm going to go shop on her. You know what? As I'm watching this, I don't think that's a good idea anymore. I'm going to just uh, go back to bed and we're just going to act like that's not going to, on downstairs in my living room right but now. But she does confront Reagan. She says, I 
wish uh, I were you, you have everything I've ever wanted. And I mm. loved that line because I really feel that Reagan always, as we saw throughout the season, was so envious of Dr. Black and I think kind of wanting what she had with Esme. And then kind of starting to realize, maybe I don't have it so bad. Maybe I'm the one that's actually in the better situation. And that actually, that line really hit the compassion button for Reagan, I feel, because then she comes to the cube to take her to go get help. She was concerned that she was going to go to Harvard and, you know, do this speech. Right. That kept coming up. She was weaving throughout all of this. Now, let's talk about someone that was very adamant to go give this speech at Harvard. (laughs) Everybody's looking around. You're about to get on a plane? No. No, no. You don't get on a plane right now because you, ma'am, need to get rebalanced on your meds first. Yeah. Well, she's so far (laughs) off the deep end that she even tells Mahmood. Hey, I want you to be my psychologist. You know what? I think she did that because Mahmood was so onto her that if oh. she tells Mahmood. It was a way to diffuse it a little bit. Yeah, oh. to diffuse it because then it's. Um, then it has to be she classified. Can't, it has to be classified. Yeah. So I think it was more of like a manipulation thing. So they would have that patient. You confidentiality. Pa- that patient. Doctor confidentiality, confidentiality. and mm-hmm. and then even before that, that's right because she did meet with Doctor Hartramp, and uh, you know she's she was ending that relationship, so mm-hmm. she moved on she, as well. That was so funny. <laughs> I mean, it was it was sad, but it was kind of funny that her psychiatrist says, "Look, if you're not going to go to this outpatient, like I'm asking you to do." I can't help you anymore. And she looks at her like, what do you mean? Well, we've seen this buddy-buddy relationship. A and mother-daughter, the but it was point, like friendship yeah. mother-daughter. And I think it was at the point where the doc, Dr. Hartram is like, no, I'm, I'm your mother your, I'm your first mother, not and then your, your friend. friend. Exactly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> My mother used to always tell me, I'm your mother, not your friend. And I'd say, oh, oh that's not fair. Oh. Now she says we're friends. But yeah. before it was, no, this is no, the hierarchy here. Like, the respect factor. And she had to create boundaries is what she told her. I'm creating boundaries. And then she was like a teenager, Dr. Black, and kind of like, well, you're being mean to me. (laughs) She's been going to her since she was. 16. Yeah, since she was 16. So that was why I think she always Mm. saw her as a mother figure. And then she got the stern mother figure that she wasn't used to getting. Because if you notice, she always got to tell the doctor what meds she wanted to be on. Mm -hmm. She was always in control. You know, I want this. I want this type of medicine. Rearrange my meds. I should be fine. And this is the first time the psychiatrist decided to draw boundaries. She said that Mm -hmm. specifically. Mm -hmm. So I think it was hard for Catherine to take. Yeah, and she ends up uh, in the car again. That was one of my favorite parts where she's driving. Oh, why? Because she's going to go to the airport because she's (laughs) adamant that she gets to go to Harvard, and she steals. But she's got that reckless part of her personality to get behind the wheel, knowing full well. I mean, there's some part of her that knows, yes? Or do you feel that that was okay? She's enjoying the high. She's enjoying the high because it's. Did you see her in the car? She was just. (laughs) Do it again. It was like a race. That was her the whole entire time. It was she was racing, and then where does she go? Not to the airport. Oh no! No, no. I mean, you know what? I'm gonna make a pit stop. Yeah, and the, the woods. shirt came Take off, off and yes, and, and then, then I'm gonna run strip. The wolf, Just run the right into those it's woods topless. with all the voices of fear coming at her. That seemed logical. <laughs> and then let's let's create another Blair Witch, and then you know we'll I, we'll get on to Harvard. <laughs> it's just I mean, the hypersexuality kicking. 
coming in. Yes, but, but I'm thinking okay. to myself, yeah. she's supposed to be going to the, this, she's missing her flight. Something tells me she was not going to be at the airport two hours early, yeah, as and, is suggested by TSA. And we knew the hypersexual <laughs> episode was coming because she did let a little bit out when she saw Bickman earlier, and she yes, said, "Yeah, I caught that." Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's he's like, "Oh, what do you have a date with another man or something?" Something. Just then she said, "Maybe it's not another." Man. <laughs> right, and he, he was like, "Check you out." <laughs> right, <laughs> Bickman's thinking, "Let me find out." That was kind of. Uh... <laughs> and then uh, Leo. He's studying for his exams. You know, we've been following that for so long. And it was great that he was able to actually do the test without needing the mechanisms that they gave him to help with his memory. And he scored in the 97th percentile. That was pretty cool to see that it worked on him because Mm -hmm. he did really need some therapy. Mm -hmm. Although he kind of set it down for a while, so I'm not sure. He did it. He was able to do the test without it. Actually did it without it. Very good. Well, he had that talk with Mackenzie, and Mackenzie said, hey, you actually got all these questions right without the device. So I think that helped his boost of confidence. And I think that's what it it was more about, the confidence, than it was the actual tumor that he had had. Absolutely. And I'd like to go back in also to the church bells from the Gothic Cathedral, and the children were on the field trip, and then there's this horrible outburst from this madman, like with a little mini axe, like a butcher knife. There we go. (laughs) And Raheem's mom, she just seemed fearless, and she Mm -hmm. goes right up to that... Crazy man, and she says, "Okay, give me that axe." And I was like, <laughs> "I'm thinking, you no, know, if that's not a mother of the year, I don't know who is." Because yeah. she looked at him. I thought he was going to be the patient, and then she's so on the I. cover of some kind of magazine, and she's getting all this press. Well, when we back, yeah, when we back to the cube, yeah, I thought the madman would be I in there. The ma- I'm like, oh, well, he. I mean, Why any guy the- that's chopping people in the middle of the street—that was I, just wicked. Woo! And those, all those children were there, but. You know, that was, that. yeah. And the kids are just watching. It was poor kids. I know they had to go see the school therapist after that. That's a traumatic. Well, they're sitting at the cube, and Dr. Mahmood is walking through all these different uh, emotions of of people's faces. And so then the mother is saying, okay, yeah, that's anger and, and that's sadness. And then there was fear. And she could not identify that one emotion, mm-hmm. which is what gave her the guts, basically, to go up to the dude in the first place. <laughs> and her husband had said that it's very uncharacteristic of her to mm. act the way she has been lately. So that's another well, flag. Uh, right. right. Chewing the wallet. Right. Well, it was interesting because the first time she came in, Dr. Mahmood asked Dr. Black to see her. And she said, she's fine. Let her go. She's a good person. She has a big heart. We should be rewarding people that are this brave, not trying to see yep. what's wrong with them. And so then after she had her little riff with uh, Dr. Bickman outside, I love how she just conveniently happened to have been there when this happens. But the mom takes the son, her son on like this like really high wall. Like, and it's like, and then like, let's jump. And the dad's down there like, whoa, what's going on here? No, don't jump. And then the cops have to come. And then that's when Dr. Block says, okay, maybe we should admit her to the cube. 
And she had to end up admitting to Dr. Mahmood, okay, it was an oversight that I did not go ahead and treat this new patient because Dr. Black was getting very egocentric. She wanted to be on the news herself for Mm -hmm. the fear project that she was working on. And um, she didn't want it to be about grandeur. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that was wild about the wall. But fortunately, they they saved the situation. Thank goodness, because I'm thinking this is not going to happen. End very well. She's gonna have a very that angry little kid looks really scared. Right. Kid, at least you know he was obedient to his mother. He respects his elders because he listened. To yeah, his and mom. all of this led up to the confrontation of Dr. Mahmoud saying, "Are you?" Bipolar, mm-hmm. and that was where the mm-hmm. secret came out at the queue. And you know, Doctor Mahmood was just waiting. She's like, "There is something wrong with her, and oh, I yeah. cannot wait to figure mm-hmm. it out because I'm going to bring her down." And I was surprised that she did take a supportive. Uh, I was approach. too. She's always been stern and very just cold. Yes, but do you really think she <laughs> meant it? I don't I think mean, she meant. I don't. I really feel like it was disingenuine. I really do. I think she was waiting. To figure out how to screw her over. She had ulterior motives. Oh, totally. She was always envious. I don't think it can just switch that fast. Yeah, so who's playing who? That was a good scene. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And Maybe they were both playing each other then. Yeah, yes. because uh, she's wanting to keep the secret and she's wanting to get the power play into her position. Right, and I think wanting to find out what's really going on and to really get the scoop. So they pull out their hats. She says, okay, yes, I'll be your psychiatrist. You need to go inpatient. And I think she was going to honor because as a doctor, if you have to honor like patient, client, confidentiality. So she was going to do it. But that moment she didn't make it to the airport or she went to the airport and stole the car. She had no choice but to tell uh, Dr. Owen that she was bipolar. Right. And she's at the airport. and she, she was, how did that come back? How did she get back into the cube? Let's talk about that. Uh, do you? Catherine? Yes. How did she? I think they just cut to the second episode after well, she, she went to the woods. She was in patient therapy. And she went right. to jail for two days for stealing the car. For two days. And then she ended up in, okay. in inpatient therapy, which, I mean, it's not funny, but it's like, you went through all that, and you still ended up in inpatient <laughs> therapy. This whole time, she's, like, kicking and screaming, I'm yeah. not going to go. I'm fine. I'm going to Harvard because I'm going to give a speech, guys. I'm, I've am i got this great revolutionary theory that's about to just change the world. I can't, I can't be bothered with my illness right now. And she ends up in therapy, and yeah. then she doesn't want to leave. Yeah, that was very interesting because she'd been in there more than a month and then she's got the, the new do and, mm-hmm. and it's like her, her real yes. self is really coming out more. Uh, she seems, she's a little more, bit more insecure. Okay, more mild mannered. She's afraid that, to, to go back to the cube right. and face the, you know, other doctors. So I, it's a little yeah. intimidating. Everybody though in the room, in that group therapy session did not want to go back. Okay, and then the second hour, I have to confess, this is the first time I really broke down in tears. Oh. Because, yeah. Do you want to hear why? Which yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, I want to move on to the next topic. Well, Bickman did it to me. I, oh. I, I, Teresa, can you just say his name, please? Bickman. <laughs> Ian, I'm just saying, okay, when he said you have nothing to be ashamed of, this is where you belong, and I will back you up. And I'm like, 
that's what got, I'll tell you. got me. There's another line he said, I'll tell you later, oh. that really got to me. <gasps> no, don't make us wait. Do you have to? Well, it was when she was okay. saying that that wasn't gentlemanly. And oh. then he says, I've never been a gentleman, but you make me want to be one. Ooh, that made you yeah. cry? No, it didn't make me cry. Oh. <laughs> that, like, you guys honestly... <laughs> that. that made her go into Bickman's face. <laughs> I was just rolling her out of my head. Just, no, I mean, for him to say that, he's come a long way. That's yeah. a lot for uh, like a player. She to has said one his heart yes, to say that. Has. Yeah, and that was very interesting. And I love how it yeah. it was the nurse that sort of called him out on it. Right? She's like, "You're in love with her, or you're lying to me." Yeah. And I'm why just, are you lying to yourself? Oh, why are you lying to? Right. And it's just like you're just a piece of a double s like she, i don't understand she why. doesn't mind that though she no, she obviously does because she is, always gets jealous of dr right. black and especially what happened at the end yes and we won't go well into when she found she, out she was in fact right i think she was hoping against all hope that was, it wasn't going to go that full circle yeah mm-hmm. she was like sabotage sabotage oh sabotage. she's gonna have to find something and she sure, sure did, did. But we're not gonna get into that just yet. well the psychiatrist wants to hear about her first day back at the queue because mm-hmm. there's a lot of dynamics going on. Uh, Dr. Owen is having to say, uh, you know, hey, you betrayed us. You betrayed yeah. me. And he's having a real hard time with being lied to. His position mm-hmm. totally on the line. He made it very clear, hey, if you're going to be here, there's no secrets. And he, he's just really, you know, not not going to have he's this. He's had this history of Catherine since med school, so he's going way back and thinking about the times when she, you know, didn't make it for an exam, and you know, just thinking about their relationship and how she's lied to him for so many years. So, you know, he doesn't trust her, and he's it betrayed. Makes sense. He's, yeah. he's hurt. Well, yeah. I mean, what does Catherine do? She hurts men's feelings. That's Catherine's like. That's what she does. She hurts men's feelings. She disappoints them. That's her thing. And he was retracing his history with her. Mm-hmm. And I think that was uh, a really good thing to remember is that when there's that lie that's told, someone has to go back and revisit, and then there has to be trust rebuilt, sure. and it takes time. And, and they that's her side of the street. It's not right. the other person. And it's interesting that you bring that up because this episode you really saw people weren't putting up with her stuff stuff. No. They doubted her when she made a diagnosis on that patient. But even if you rewind to when her brother left her, they showed like a flashback of him taking her to the um, outpatient Mm -hmm. and she's kicking and screaming. Judas! Yeah, you, you betrayed me. Holy man! Yeah, she's like, <laughs> like did she just hit that she her brother? <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> <laughs> and so, but then after that, you see she comes back and he's like, you're like, I went and got group therapy. Like, he went and got help, too. Mm-hmm. You know, he realized that she wasn't the only one that needed the help because he also dealt with the mother that was that was bipolar. They share the same mom. And so they both went through it together. He just didn't end up with the illness. But he's had to deal with it. And I don't think he's finally came to terms with that. And he realized that I can't help you anymore. So when he takes her to her apartment and all her stuff is everywhere. And he's like, you have to clean it. You know, you're on your own now. And she's finally actually for the first time accepting 
responsibility. Right. He finds out or he discovers that he's been enabling her the mm-hmm. entire time and, yeah. you know, it's not beneficial to her. And actually, this is one of the things I really like about the show. It shows how diseases and mental illnesses affect families and how they have to cope with it. You know, we usually just focus on the person suffering from it, but this show really showcases how it affects everyone in their lives. Anything that's so traumatic or life-changing for anyone, everybody's affected by it. You know, and this really, like you said, it really brings light to that because I think we we really do forget about that. We just zone in on the person that has the problem and not realizing that if your family and friends, now everybody's sharing that burden. It's about lifting that person up, but, you know, you have to still come to terms with things you need to do for your mental, like, sanity as well. And I think in him getting well Mm -hmm. and dealing with his codependency, then he wants to be even more honest when Johnny comes into the picture. Uh, I didn't see that coming. Yo, I mean, (laughs) I've been asking for Johnny to come back. (laughs) I'm glad I made, my wish came true, but can I just, I know before we go deep into Johnny, I just want to talk about this earring that he had in his ear. There's two earrings. Yeah, and they had, like, were they keys or feathers that, like, metal feathers that were dangling from it? Because those earrings were the... Who decided, like, (gasps) let's give Johnny these atrocious earrings? Well, Johnny didn't amount to much is kind of what they were trying to (laughs) depict. I I, I mean, sorry to say it that way, but, yeah. So it's like any man with two hoop earrings with, like, dangling charms just... Uh, Well, not necessarily. (laughs) That's what I... The impression I got when I saw Johnny in those earrings. He never came around until 16 years later. Why? Because Johnny... Because Johnny's dying. Not be, you know. In other words, it's maybe still had to do with him. Some I don't know. Was he more outward? I couldn't trust him. Still, no, no. He, I mean, he just came back. He because the voicemails he was leaving for Catherine were very. I need to see as I want to see our daughter. You know, so she's thinking like, oh, wait, you came around 16 years later. Nuh-uh, you've missed out. And then he said, well, I've seen you in the magazines and I've watched your work. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to cost her. Yeah, somewhere. he's asking for some money. No. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, no, but, I'm just dying. I'm just terminally ill from cancer. Just, you know, maybe our daughter might be a match for me to live. Yeah, because I'm like, aren't you even going to look at the medical reports? I don't trust this man just yeah, bopping in after exactly. all this time. But then she finds him laying on the couch, totally unconscious, brings him to help save his life, mm-hmm. brings him back in. He's able mm-hmm. to come back to life. And, and side note, the actor that plays Johnny actually recovered from leukemia. Oh, yes. very, very brave. Also, I'm play this naturally role. have oh. those earrings in his I ear. don't know, but oh. we should tweet Amy Holden <laughs> well her, and find out. <laughs> How real were they trying to keep this because of those <laughs> earrings? He was extremely oh, believable, uh, yeah, in his part. I loved, I felt like he played a lot of these nuances really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. That's yeah. a good Fun fact. Yeah. Ooh, to mm. overcome that, that's like, that's, that's very brave of him to play that role. Yeah. yeah. Very. That's, but I've heard that, you know, if you face your, your fears within the acting role, then you literally can not have them anymore. Mm. Mm. Very mm. interesting. So, mm. um, now. But also, the challenge that they had was with whether or not to tell Esme. That's yes, the let's challenge. Get into that. Right, because that brings everything to the forefront. She uh Dr. Black, Kate, she had already said I'm not she told her psychiatrist, I'm not going to tell uh you know, let Johnny back into her life. I gave my word to Reagan and also to Josh, but now it's all on the table and it changes everything mm-hmm. when there's death. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like now what do I do? And so she talks to them because 
they're the parents. You know, she she gave those rights over to them, and they don't want to do it. Reagan doesn't want to do it. Right. They they you know are conflicted about it for a while, and they think you know well if we don't tell Esme, what if she finds out later on in life and realizes there's a chance to save her biological father, and we didn't let her know because right. of a blood transfusion or something. They were the same, same blood, blood types, type. yeah, and there could be something going on with that, right? Okay. And then, uh, yeah, there's no more living relatives. He made a plea. And please, you know, I just I just want to meet Esme. And he's like, I never stopped thinking about you. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't buy that either. Barf. I don't believe you, Johnny. Well, in the midst of all this, uh, just back to, to Dr. Black real quick. She uh-huh. does go to Bigman's hotel room and says, yes. can we rewind the clock? Oh, my gosh. And, and she's starting to sing, if I could turn my <laughs> Well, mm, not exactly. <laughs> oh, not no. really. Somebody comes around the corner. Oh, oh that nurse. Oh, yeah. The that side nurse. Chick. She gets under my skin. Oh, yeah. My side chick. She plays it pretty well. Yeah, she yeah, but then even I noticed the next day that Dr. Bickman, um, he did he did kiss, uh, I th- well, I think it was the next day, but he ended up kissing, uh, you know, Dr. Black with the door open at the office. Oh. oh, so she saw it. And usually they would close the blinds and make sure. So that's time. what got her to, mm. to call her out the end. That's what. So it came around. So anyway, we should get back into the big family secret uh, that did come out and the way that it happened with Dr. Black um, totally in support of the parents doing the confrontation. We didn't actually see that discussion, which I kind of wanted to be a fly on the wall. Right. To Mm -hmm. see, okay, how do you traumatize your child like this again? Uh, You know, I mean, there's no easy way. No. And she lost her identity, which is... You know, common sense 101, right? In a situation like that. And, and who does she go to? Yeah. She doesn't go to school and she goes to see Will. Will. David Ajaya. I have to say, yes. I have a newfound appreciation for Will. I've always liked him, but just the way he handled things in this episode really won me over. Even when she pleaded with him or she asked him, are you going to tell Esme that I'm her biological mother. And this is when she stalks him outside of that yoga studio right, when like, he's with his new girl. <laughs> right, she's like, I know you're going to be here because on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. you always take this yoga class. It's really boring to me. And by the way, yeah. have you guys done the hookup? And, you know, she's she was pretty out there to, right. to ask different questions. And he's questions. like, absolutely not. And then she looks at him and goes, you're too good for me. And walks away. So her honest thoughts are coming out. And this is leading toward either a total breakdown or her healing. And then it ended up that she didn't go in patient, but it was... Right. No, she was going to Harvard. <laughs> she was so set on going that to Harvard. Was, <laughs> it was all about Harvard being the being Harvard. the cure for everything. Exactly. I think oh, I'll I'm go having, to Harvard myself. I'm having an episode right now. I'm going to go to Harvard. <laughs> yeah, that seems logical. Let's just go. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, so then... For the first time in Esme's life, she's dealing with her identity crisis, and mm. she, she did express that to Will, you know, for the first, I don't know who I am. Uh, I love that she was able to confide in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where she went. That was the only That shows place. what kind of person oh. Will is. Oh. And Will's the one that <laughs> takes Esme to the hospital to Johnny. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene was actually when Esme, you know, holds her mom and dad's hands and says, I'm going in there with my real mom and my real dad. Yeah, that was very powerful. But 
I mean, talk about shade. I mean, oh, to Catherine. Yes, she was. <laughs> she was not having Catherine, her. Was, you abandoned I, me, lady. Right. But I'm gonna go see my the the man that also abandoned me, and I'm gonna go help save his life. I mean, it just seems such like a. She is a teenager, so right. it'll take a while for her to get used to the. But fact. did you notice how Reagan? Seemed okay with that. Yeah, yeah, honey, take your mama's hand. <laughs> well, Reagan, the whole time that was her biggest insecurity. Was right. That. But you yeah, like, dang, Reagan, really? Reagan you, love it. Like, look at Catherine, like, peace out. See you so, later. We'll jump back into the cube real quick because I want to. <laughs> I want to talk about that case study with the evil twin. What did you guys think about? It was really called the uh, imaginary twin, uh, mm-hmm. I think. And what did you think about how he kept seeing? Literally, it looked like he had a twin, but then, nope, uh-oh, they weren't even there at all. I th- Was that a little creepy? It was creepy. <laughs> well, the thing is, the twins were just all creepy. They would, like, come out of, like, the, like, the one came, like, from a frame, like, like from, like, the side frame was, like... <laughs> but it couldn't have been and, creepier and than, the, like, like, oh, like than the dead man walking recently no. or, you know. I mean, that one. You're seeing the perspective well, when they started again, multiplying. I'm, yeah, that's that when it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> when they're multiplying, I'm telling you, like, then, like, some were just, like, coming out of, like, random frames from the shots. And they were just like, hey, <laughs> oh, hi. No. And you're just like, and their eyes are all big. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I was getting, I was getting into character. My bad. Well, let's get. In, yeah, is there any other final thoughts on tonight's? Uh, you know, the, the grand finale of tonight because I want to get into also some highlights of the season. Okay, yeah, I was just gonna say one more thing about the evil twins. Okay, that, that case study. What was interesting though is that Catherine really wanted to help help this patient. It's like her first week back. You know, she's Dr. Owen. She's explaining, I can do my job. He's like, any more secrets? She's like, no. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to give you back your job under these conditions. One of them, which was, you have to let me talk to your psychiatrist, which she yeah. was like, oh, goodness gracious. But she, but she agreed which to Which I think is a good thing, right. because the she psychiatrist back, will... Back she backed her up. Her. She backed her up. She said, no, yeah, I can't guarantee you that she's going to be mentally stable, but she's great, and that's what the Cube is for. And she has more manic episodes than depression. Right. And her being at the Cube has more benefits than you know, exactly. negative. Exactly. And so during this patient, though... You know, you really saw everyone doubt her. And she would always tell everybody what she was going to do. And Dr. Owen might kind of question it, but then he would let her do her thing. Because she was always right. She was never wrong. And so this time he, no, it's maybe let's have the psychiatrist um, handle this one instead. You're not right. You're wrong. And she's like, I know what I'm doing, guys. Like, hey, I'm on my meds. And Dr. Mahmoud. She thought it was was of seizures. Yeah, that's a good point because Dr. Mahmoud was like, that's right. I'm going to step into this one now. Then we saw her Her get back into her usual. Oh, but also... (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of Mahmood, when she saw Catherine in the, her office, and she says, "I think you're going to have another episode again." I you're going to relapse. You're going to relapse. You're going to have a relapse. You need more time away. And I thought, well, dang, talk about being honest. She has no faith in her. No. Yeah, faith. yeah. She was wanting to again get her on out of there and move on up. And it was crazy how it how the show ends. Like, so many cliffhangers. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. one cliffhanger is are the students when they're getting their acceptance letters. Right. Allie, Leo, and Mackenzie. So now we don't know who got into the cube. Great. Now I've got to wait. 
And then you have uh, Dr. Owen, when the nurse comes in and says, you know what? She requested a prescription for Oxycontin and wasn't supposed to. She used it for herself. And I can prove it because she was jealous about the whole Bickman thing. Mm -hmm. And so then she's standing there. Everything is finally going well for her. At least she's like trying to make the progress. She's standing over there watching her man do the surgery. And he's like, he's looking at her. Fired. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah. to come up against a doctor, you better have your P's and Q's, your T's crossed. Your I mean, it I's makes dotted. sense why Owen decided that. I mean, that's very black and white, you know. Right, but it was like antsy. <laughs> You're like, no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I definitely yes. got attached to these characters mm-hmm. and really uh, enjoyed the two hours tonight. And we also have to talk about Doctor Lena. Doctor Lena, oh, you're yes, right. One of our favorites. Yeah, because Leo ends up bringing the boyfriend, the plumber guy, there. who's right. like totally cleaned up. He's wearing his leather jacket. And he's like, right. I'm right. here to sweep you off your feet again. <laughs> yeah, girl. and she's like, Look, this is a biological condition. I can't take medicine. I can't get therapy. This is the way I'm wired here. Mm-hmm. She's hardwired that and way. And he was yeah. like, All right, then. You know, let's open. The, let's open the gates and I go just, in that way. But okay, I guess this is my question. She is like for her condition. Yes. She doesn't like to go anywhere outside, right? Right. How'd she get to the cube? Like, she had to do a lot of schooling. She but she didn't do like an online course. Like, how did she Well, right. she did explain it from a medical level that it had to do with the frontal lobe, et cetera, and perhaps it got worse at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to the point where she's like Right. Confined to this area. Maybe once she actually locked into one area. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like what you're, but when she was out and about, she dealt with it and then it, it the was just, just made her feel better. Yeah. Mm. But I love it when, okay, so he's like sweeps her off her feet and they go into her little like hydraulic like layer <laughs> and the remote control she used was for Apple TV. Was that what it was? <laughs> I it looked familiar. It's <laughs> like, I, that remote oh and i like that's the re- like so you mean to tell me that my apple tv remote can open doors <laughs> i love that Magical. that was the prop i that to well me and another prop that i did notice and this mm-hmm. was the last episode last week was that dr black takes lithium which means that you know that's her particular medicine along with a couple of others mm-hmm. uh and so i'd done some research and anyway uh there are different antidepressants that you can take and different things but i also liked at the very end of black box tonight they did throw up a uh, a website that if people yes. are suffering with this then yes. you know there's so much out there now there that is. that you can you know take i noticed you can take a quiz online and find out if you have different symptoms and then mm-hmm. you can track it and so you can just ask so much for free and do it's really someone, one of the yeah. first shows in a while that's highlighted mental illness mm-hmm. in the way that it has and uh, i think yeah you know, that's such a great way to get awareness out there well they're pioneering i mean they're pioneering an effort to bring that uh, uh, awareness and then also take away that stigma because we've got, you know, my grandparents, for example, they're married 65 years. Well, they're not going to be in the same school of thought necessarily. Hi, mm-hmm. Grandpa and Grandma, but, you know, I'm just saying. That's not necessarily an old school way of thinking. It might be, and I'm not saying they're like that, but, you know, read your Bible more, uh, pray more. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends, you know, what circle you go to, and people are going to give advice, and those are great things to do. But if you break your leg, you go into the ER, and you're going to get a cast put on. 
And if your brain's hurting, there's certain ways that... You're going to go to the cube. Yeah, really. (laughs) I'm going to go see... I need to see Dr. Black. Oh, yeah. And I did a little research. I wanted Mm -hmm. to find out, okay, well, what do they have in New York City? And one of the things I found was Bellevue Hospital from the 1700s that um, Mm -hmm. they actually treat homeless people there a lot now. But but I was wondering if uh, some of the creators had done that type of research, which I'm sure they did, and Mm -hmm. uh, what they found along the way. But but yeah, uh, state-of-the-art mental health facility. Now I'm going to have to find one to go to just to kind of visit, I think, in real life. I mean, I'm really into this. You should do a little Thanks trip. Thanks to Black, box, black box, to a, yeah. To a mental health hospital? Yeah, just to see... <laughs> Well, maybe not a mental health hospital. Oh, the excitement is building. I think it'd be interesting. Yes. Which one of us would be in a straight jacket and not be able to get out? It's going to be a question. I know, right? We're going to stay a little longer. No, I'm just really excited and hyper. (laughs) I'm just playing. But no, those are real fears. Like, you know, a lot of times people don't, oh, well, they're having suicidal thoughts. Well, they don't want to come out with that until they really have a trusted relationship. Are those still as taboo as they once were to have for people to talk about that now? Do you think that people are more open? Uh, you know, I personally had a personal experience, no, somewhat personal experience with a friend who was bipolar and he was not on his medicines and it was a very unfortunate, like, not everybody knew that that was what caused him to take his own life right and so it really is something that people don't talk about or don't understand or maybe more gossip about than actually discuss Mm -hmm. out of like concern and caring right i I, think this show really emphasizes how important it is to take your medication you know like the first 12 episodes she was on her medication and she was able to live you know a healthy life with good relationships and you know, mm-hmm. be able to be a great doctor. So, I mean, if you're on your meds and you're, you know, you're keeping that up and doing, you can therapy maintain that well lifestyle. A lot of times, and therapy and having a support group, and you know, sometimes you you can't force somebody to take their medicine. I know, I know people who have lost people who were bipolar and they, you know, took their own lives and it's so sad and it's, you know, it's one of those things like you can be like they, they try to be the support group, but that person does have to. To have take the responsibility. You can't force them to take their medicine. They need to it's something that they have want to want to help themselves. Yeah. You do. Right. And and understanding mm-hmm. it's not your fault. No. There's no shame in None it. whatsoever. And getting rid of that. See, even us now having this dialogue is a result from seeing black box mm-hmm. and across America, across the world, people are watch have watched this show and there's just more more awareness. There's a, a ripple effect happening. It's mm-hmm. a great social message. It shows that you can entertain people. You can be entertained when you're watching television or looking, and watching educate movies, and be educated at the same time. And I enjoyed the case studies yeah. every bit as much as as the bipolar awareness and the little campy jokes in between. Like they made it fun to watch, mm-hmm. you know. But you were really learning a lot about even when you saw her shopping or her insomnia. You really were able to see like side, of, like what happens to people when they're battling or when they're having yeah. like their episodes. And now everything. I personally could have done without the head exploding. That was like I remember when you saw that. You were for, not for me. happy about that was, head yeah. exploding. Mindy was like, "This is not okay." Yeah, that was, <laughs> was like, not your favorite scene, right? And, and even the maggot man. Oh, I mean, I was okay with maggot. him. 
Dead man walking. I, yeah, the, yeah, that was a zombie guy that cut himself, right? Yeah. Okay. I was kind of okay, okay with that, but it was, you know, it was. I think because Doctor Owen was like, "Oh, I'm so excited. This is my dream. It's from <laughs> the 1800s." Just, here. But they just made it. They would make it still fun and interesting, and that's what I think make the show really, which makes makes it a good show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the Bickman Catherine okay, storyline. Okay. I mean, of course I feel you like go back to the. They've been teasing <laughs> it. They've been. They were teasing it. You know, all of the second episode, and finally at the end, it seemed like Bickman was ready to not quite make a commitment, but move in that direction. Well, yeah, it did seem like, hey, we've got a stable man and woman here that are really wanting a real committed relationship at the end. And it was so much mayhem and so much, uh, well, destructiveness in the relationships from hopping to this person, that person. And it was like, I'm just exhausted watching this. Somebody get some commitment. And (laughs) (laughs) so it was neat to see how their demure changed and their whole demure Meaner was like, you know, kind of a like a, a, a happy ending, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay with it. I'll take that. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Did you? No, you really want to. <laughs> You wanted Will to come back. Now, come on. Come on. Everybody knows I'm team Will, okay? It's two against one. That's fine. (sighs) You know he dances good. It's almost like Mr. Biggs and Aiden. Yes, it was like that. Two men fighting for one and she ends up go- going with Mr. Biggs. She does. The love triangle. She does. And he's going to fight for her. He's like, they can't fire you. I will back you up. She yep. was like, swoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to see how Bigman and Black, uh, they overcame the struggle to go into this foreign territory, uh, even though, you know, they were just going to have the professional relationship. And then it looked like it was just totally going to work. I mean, game on. Let's do this personal thing. So well, hopefully we find out what the new season. Yeah, there know. is one. And let's not forget for our viewers and listeners to go on iTunes.com forward slash AfterBuzz TV and make sure they give us a show, our shows for Black Box. Five stars. Yes, five stars, please. And to go to YouTube.com forward slash AfterBuzz TV and search for Black Box and like, subscribe, comment, and all that good stuff. We love your comments. We I've do. Been reading. All of them. You guys give such, them. they give great feedback. So we're right. glad that you guys are actually engaging and interacting with us on these because we have so much fun when we get to do these after shows. Yes, absolutely. And now let's talk, let's just reflect back on the season, mm-hmm. talk about some highlights or character arcs or anything that comes to mind because I've got a little bit of both. Are you up for it? Yeah. Absolutely. Just again, being invited into the cube, I now feel like that's a part of my life. And it was just uh, enjoyable to go <laughs> in there and see that a doctor's living in there or that there's these wild relationships happening on the side or um, just some of the dynamics inside of the cube. Mm-hmm. You know, so I enjoyed that highlight overall. Uh, are you glad that that's now uh, part of your life as well? <laughs> I wake up every day and say thank you, <laughs> thank you. I want to go to the a real cube. life cube. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's how much. Okay. Your Maybe we go there good. instead of the mental institute. Yeah, I yeah. think I, I'll definitely okay. do that one before I go to the. So mental maybe institute. next week we're doing live shots from the cube. Or I don't <laughs> exactly, know about it, but, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Another high. A highlight is that. Um, well. In terms of the overall storyline, uh, there was the coworker that they had lost. Um, and he had some sort of uh, 
you know, peaceful exit from the world. He had the estranged son, and they got back together thanks to the yeah. doctors, and then he had a peaceful um, passing away to, to, to hopefully heaven, you know. Mm-hmm. Depends what you believe. And one thing I've learned from this show, it's like, it's reminded me everything really does come out of your belief system. I mean, thoughts and feelings, and they come out of your belief system. So it is important to know what you believe. Mm-hmm. And then also they'll manifest in real life. It really does. Mm-hmm. You know, what you speak and your words have power and it goes back all into that. And I don't really believe mind over matter. I really more am a person like spirit, you know, like, okay, pray, get Get some help from above. I'm okay with that. I like the faith healing mm-hmm. uh, episode too, where the guy, the blind guy, was healed out by oh, the, yes. the cart, oh, uh, yeah, the, the food was... cart, or whatever you call it, the right. food truck. And you can see again. <laughs> yeah, that was really great. That was so funny. And then he had the uh, experience over in Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah. And so that brought in the faith element. She had the spiritual experience, but she didn't really have a conversion. Like, I wouldn't say that she, like, you know, became Christian or something. Right. Um, she didn't really have a, some form of enlightenment. Yeah, and I, so I feel like as a as a character analysis, like she needed more spiritual roots. I think to help, you know, just just kind of to take her to another place, get some more mm. peace. Um, I think that might have helped some. What do she you should think? have taken those classes with Will, taken those yoga classes okay. that she said she thought was All right. boring. You think Eastern <laughs> religion? Did, yeah. You like Eastern religion? I mean, so? I, it's, I mean you know, to each their own. It's okay. whatever floats anybody's But If it makes you be a better person, please go go be that better person. I liked her experience with, mm-hmm. with Jesus, you know, in the church. But remember, she also was experiencing shrooms. Because her and Will had had that. All right. And you like, was that a highlight for you? Like seeing. Uh, it was funny. Yeah. When, when okay. Will opened the, the fridge and saw bunnies in there. That was pretty <laughs> random. <laughs> now, what sticks out in your minds? Like when you think back on this mm-hmm. season, is there anything in particular where you're like, okay, I'm glad I got to go into Will's restaurant and see him be a chef or Delilah? Any particular characters? Um, you know that 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 were really believable, even case studies that that you saw. As far as case studies, I want to say my favorite is the guy that got struck by lightning. Oh yeah, that was really. And good. then ended up having that newfound appreciation oh, for music. Yes. I that uh-huh. was thought that was really cool. Um, I like the woman that had visual hallucinations, and it turns out to be a blessing. It's not really oh, anything yeah. that would harm her. Yeah, um, that was pretty cool. Oh, in the first episode. Was it the she first saw episode? like the little she had like a little elf as a friend? Yeah. You know, that oh, was that actually was it. Oh, oh. that was actually one of my favorite. Oh. Uh, just because No, you, that was a different one. Oh. But I like that one too. Okay. <laughs> no, Why I, was that your favorite? I yeah. liked it because there was nothing they could do about it. And it was just let's just cope so she can be happy. And it, that was such a simple diagnosis, mm-hmm. and that's what I loved so much about it. Like, they didn't try to over-doctor it. Right. Well, they tried yeah. to, and then she was so unhappy. Without so then it. they said, let's just let her be. Oh. And they did, and she was so... Oh, the elf one, yeah, the not elf. the waterfall one. Not okay. the waterfall one. Gotcha. The elf. I just, it was, that to me was just cute and touching, and I mean, it was like one of those, okay, what else can you do, Dr. Black? Like, are you just right. going to tell everybody to cope with it? <laughs> <laughs> but you saw that's not the case at all, and I loved, actually, the Baby's episode, you know, just because just to see how she went into her episode and then found a way to help the patient live and just the different dynamics that were surrounding that regarding just her trying to help uh, a mother's child and relating to like her maternal side, dealing with 
allowing herself to be great and also you realizing that she didn't really need the medicine mm-hmm. to do a good job. It's nice to see a doctor explore all the options yes. before throwing in the towel. Exactly. And I think that's what I think we all want when we go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You don't want a doctor to say, oh, sorry, 30 days. You know, or we're just going to make you comfortable. To see somebody fight like that for a patient, I think that's what you want in a doctor. Right. One of our highlights also here at AfterBuzz Studios was having Siobhan Williams in studio with us to share about some of the behind the scenes, interactions, and on set. Shout out to Siobhan if you're watching. You are great tonight. Yes, we had so much fun hearing from you. You're such an amazing person and uh, and friend now. So um, I am really thankful that The Secret came out before the season ended tonight with her and that her character arc came full circle. We got to see that she, she can be nasty. And she, you know, because she's so, um, Shabon, of course, so pure. And mm-hmm. yet I do like that devious side that she's she has. She's sassiness to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she can, she can turn it up. Remember, she did change the wine with Will's yeah. uh, big investor right. to get Delilah out of the picture. She doesn't so. play. She's got some craftiness yeah. there. She does, yeah. She's like a... She she plays her cards very wisely. Yeah. She picks her battles really wisely. And she turned to Uncle Will. and mm-hmm. So we've seen a, a lot of great acting with her this season. And then also, of course... Kelly Black. Uh, I want to call her Kelly Black. Oh, that's <laughs> Kelly great. Yeah, Black. she's she's a merge of both at this point. Uh, Dr. Catherine Black, uh, Kate, uh, played by Kelly Briley, and uh, you know she she just really um, started off. You know she shared her interpersonal struggle between normal and exceptional. Throughout the season, we learned that she had a lot of tragedy in her childhood. Mm-hmm. Her mother committed suicide. Her daddy was a musician. He bailed after the funeral. It was her and Josh kind of becoming codependent children Mm -hmm. in a way, wearing all these different hats, trying to comfort one another through this tragedy. And then uh, one of the relatives helped raise them and then probably didn't know. I don't, I don't get the feeling that they treated her bipolar when she was an adolescent. Do you? I don't think she was. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I remember, it wasn't until after Esme. Was it after that, medical it school after, and after like, Esme? Right, or when she, okay. or when During she got, medical school. When, when, uh, no, when Johnny knocked her up. Oh. That's when she started. Oh. That's why she couldn't take care of. She couldn't have. Oh, the that's she right. Had to get yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she's abandoned by Johnny. Uh, that came full circle, of course, tonight. Johnny came back in the picture. I like that her, his nickname for her was Kitty. Oh, yeah, Kitty. <laughs> and then also the dad, I think, called her that in their office in a recent episode. Oh, and yeah. she's like, no, you don't call me that. Only, you know. Only Johnny now. Right. <laughs> Only Johnny calls me Kitty. The men in my life that abandoned me have called me that. She didn't like that at all. That was a total. Mm. And, you know, that particular exchange with her and her father was, um, it got a little, it got pretty nasty. That was, that was pretty wrong in some ways. But I think that there was a lot of reality shown, uh, because when a dad's been out of the picture, kind of comes back in, he really did own his side of the street after that, but she had to hold him to it and hold him to be responsible. So I did mm-hmm. enjoy uh, some of that exchange. Um, and boundaries, like how do you have boundaries with someone that's bipolar? Because it's a special condition. And you do have to hold your ground at certain points. You do. Yeah. You do. I think Josh finally learned that at the yeah. end of the episode. Right. And that helped. That helped her. And I think that's going to help her in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we all, you know, human beings, uh, we can all push the envelope. I don't care what we're dealing with, right? Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> do we have any news and gossip? Or can we cue the music for this? After Buzz TV News. 
Time for a little news. Yeah, it is. You can kick it off. What do we okay, have here tonight, here. Jade? Pull it off from my phone. Hold on. That's my passcode. I want to say coming from Air One helicopter. <laughs> uh, I'll start okay. while you're looking. Amy Holden Jones wrote a piece on the National Alliance on Mental Illness on why she created Black Box. And it's a really personal show for her. I think I've mentioned this before. Her father was a brilliant doctor, but he was bipolar. He was alcoholic, Mm. delusional. Mm. And she said with medication, he was a cancer researcher. He was beloved by his patients. And he was working day and night to find a cure for leukemia. Um, But when he was off of it, it was a whole different story. Mm. So this was her way of showing that and, you know, sharing a little bit her her experience with everyone. Yeah. And if you want to read more of the article, you can go on National Alliance on Mental Illness. Very good. Well, since everyone knows, I love to pull up some tweets. So Amy Holden Jones writes, The end was suggested by Kelly Riley. Our Our doctors told us of cases stripping off clothes going to public places. So that does happen a lot. Very interesting. Very interesting. So that's my gossip. Okay, now my news is that Kelly Riley, she does a wonderful job in Heaven is for Real. I saw it again last night. You said third time? (laughs) Third time. What? Okay, so I'm a fan of hers now. Wait, did you go out? Is it in theater? Officially, officially. Did you go to a movie theater again or did you get in? Well, we saw it at home last night. Okay. (laughs) Come on, man. Right. I had a relative (laughs) pass away from cancer this week. So God bless you and your family. Uh, we're praying for you. And then also um, Dr. Lewinsky, Monica Lewinsky's dad, a radiation oncologist, actually helped save my life many years ago. Wow. Uh, so that is another story. And you can tweet me if you want to know more about that, because after all, I have to do one tangent at least. <laughs> for sure. We, we like your tangent. For Mindy's tangent. <laughs> tangent time. With yeah. Mindy. He actually gave me an amazing surgeon at UCLA here on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, that he ended up saving my life. That's yeah. amazing. So, Can I go on a tangent? Yes, you may. Monica Lewinsky went to my high school. <gasps> what? No, she didn't go. Yes, oh, she was like voted the most popular, the most to be well known or something. Like she got some yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, something. She, I went to, it was called Bel Air Prep at the time, but now it's called Pacific Hills. Okay. And yeah, my history teacher had an autograph from Bill Clinton in his office. Okay. And he said, how did you get that? He said, one of my students <laughs> who interned for the president. Was said, that before the scandal came out? No, it was after. Okay. Don't date me like that. Come on, no, Yeah, right. <laughs> and right after the... Right after the immunity deal, Shame I actually uh, interviewed uh, her dad, Dr. Lewinsky. Oh, wow. He was Amazing. on Katie Couric, Larry King, and he did my show at the time. So awesome. We're um, because he's a radiation oncologist. That was appropriate to mention him, and an amazing, committed man. Never missed a day of work during that whole incident. But back to black box. We're getting into our back black into boxes. The box That's right, black box. We thank you so much for you know letting us share with you our yes. thoughts and opinions, and just for being with us this season. And we want you to stay connected with us. You can reach me at Mindy Charlotte. You can tweet me at Teresa Law. And you can tweet me at Real Jade's World. And I think that's going to do it for us tonight. But before we close, I want to give a special thanks out to Kevin Undergaro and also Maria Menounos. Yes, you yes, guys. Thank you. We've had an amazing season. And it's thanks to After Buzz. So God bless you thank tonight. You After Buzz. Thank you, After Buzz. And Marissa and Steven, and our amazing producer. You guys are so awesome. And have a great weekend ahead. Stay in touch.
from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.